Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sock Religious. I wanted to take a few minutes and share with you guys some of the new things that Sock Religious has been putting out there. You've heard me talk about them before. They are this totally unique brand that makes Catholic socks. They also make t-shirts and some of the other things they've been putting out recently. They have these magnets that you can put on your fridge and it's like a nativity set. They started making no-show socks, which is really exciting because I do love like the mid-thigh socks, but sometimes you want a pair of Catholic socks that you can't see over your sneakers, so they have those as well. And they also have baby onesies that are so cute. The ones I'm looking at right now say, dirty diaper, clean soul. So adorable. You guys, you have to take advantage of Sock Religious, especially with the holidays coming up. They are affordable, and they are lovely, and they are Catholic, and what a better way to walk around than with the saints on your feet. You can use the code ROSES at checkout for 10% off your order at SockReligious.com. That's ROSES at checkout for 10% off your order. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hallow. Hallow is the number one Catholic prayer app in the world, and they have so much new stuff going on. Firstly, if you have not heard, they now have the voice of Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen, leading a ton of the prayers in the app. It's just so cool to hear his voice and pray with him and and hear him and have seen having seen him in the chosen it's just so cool to pray with jonathan rumi's voice and he is also leading a 30-day gospel challenge right now hallow has also uh, partnered with scott Hahn recently so you can hear him in the app there's tons of different types of prayers if you are hesitant about praying with your phone i totally understand but i promise it does not feel like you're praying with your phone once you turn on the prayer the world just really melts away. So I highly recommend checking out Hallow. You can visit hallow.com slash shower of roses for your free trial. Again, that's hallow.com, H-A-L-L-O-W.com slash shower of roses for your free trial. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be reading the readings for the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time in year C of the Roman Catholic Church, which is February 20th, 2022. The first reading this week is from the first book of Samuel, chapter 26, verses 2, 7 to 9, 12 to 13, and 22 to 23. In those days, Saul went down to the desert of Ziph 
with 3,000 picked men of Israel to search for David in the desert of Ziph. So David and Abishai went to Saul's soldiers by night and found Saul lying asleep within the barricade with his spear thrust into the ground at his head and Abner and his men sleeping around him. Abishai whispered to David, God has delivered your enemy into your grasp this day. Let me nail him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I will not need a second thrust. But David said to Abishai, Do not harm him, for who can lay hands on the Lord's anointed and remain unpunished? So David took the spear and the water jug from the, their place at Saul's head, and they got away without anyone seeing or knowing or awakening. All remained asleep, because the Lord had put them into a deep slumber. Going across to an opposite slope, David stood on a remote hilltop at a great distance from Abner, son of Ner, and the troops. He said, Here is the king's spear. Let an attendant come over to get it. The Lord will reward each man for his justice and faithfulness. Today, though the Lord delivered you into my grasp, I would not harm the Lord's anointed. So just to set a little bit of context for this reading, Saul was the first king appointed by God for the Israelites. Uh, they didn't have a king for a long time, but they kept asking and asking the Lord for one. And that's because when we go all the way back to, you know, when Moses emancipated them from Israel, I'm sorry, from Egypt, it's like this is all they've ever known. They've only ever known a life where they had a, a solitary ruler. And so God was always like, okay, well, am I not enough for you, right? Like, am I not enough of a king for you? And I'm a good king, a just king, and it's still not enough for you. So they beg and beg for a king. So he anoints Saul as the first king. Eventually, Saul displeases the Lord. And so God decides that he's going to pick a, a different king. And this is huge because normally, you know, think about nowadays when a king dies, it's his son that, or, you know, someone else in the family line that becomes king, but it's only after they die, right? So for God to pick a different person to be king, you know, before um, Saul dies, that's huge and, and kind of like, uh, like an insult, you know? Um, yeah, so... So, so David's the one that is picked as the new king. You might remember the, the story where he defeats Goliath, the giant, with just one stone. But now we're in this kind of like awkward in-between stage where technically Saul is still the king. David has not been anointed yet. David does not get anointed until 2 Samuel. And so obviously Saul is very upset by that, and he tries to kill David several times, but David is always successful at avoiding that, or there's a reason that Saul kind of second guesses himself. Like for example, Saul's son is very close with David and Saul's daughter is in love with David. So <laughs> that presents some complication, but nevertheless, he has tried to kill David. And so here David and Abishai have Saul in an easy position where they could kill him. That's what Abishai whispers to David. Like, we can, we can take care of this right now and we can put this to an end. Like, he's been, he's been <laughs> trying to kill you. Um, but David says, you know what? No, don't harm him because 
he is still God's anointed one. Even though, you know, God was displeased with him, he was still the, the king. And, and at this point, he is still technically the king. So it's not right to hurt someone who God has deemed worthy. And so I think that's a huge lesson. We're going to see how that connects to the gospel that, you know, it's not us, up to us to decide when death happens and when life ends. And it's not us up to us to be God and to make these God decisions like when someone dies, especially because as, as David mentions that Saul is someone anointed and set apart by God, even though he's made some mistakes, he's still the, the, the anointed King. And so David makes a, an incredible decision to not kill him, even though he easily could have. The second reading this week is from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 45 to 49. Brothers and sisters, it is written... The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, a life-giving spirit. But the spiritual was not first. Rather, the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, earthly. The second man, from heaven. As was the earthly one, so also are the earthly. And as is the heavenly one, so also are the heavenly. Just as we have Born the image of the earthly one, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly one. So St. Paul is making this beautiful comparison and this image that the church often uses of Jesus as the new Adam, the Adam that didn't mess up. Uh, and similarly, we often make the comparison of Mary as the new Eve, that Jesus and Mary kind of correct those things, those mistakes that Adam and Eve could not get right because of their, you know, their brokenness and their choice, right? And ultimately it's a choice to choose sin and to not choose God's will. So the point St. Paul is trying to make here is that Jesus is, a, yes, fully man, but also fully God, right? This, this spiritual, um, and so because Jesus is fully 100% human in all things except sin, and remember what we've been talking about the past few weeks in 1 Corinthians, that, you know, the resurrection of the body and the resurrection after death and that eternal life is a thing, right? So I think this last verse here is key. Just to have we have borne the image of the earthly one, we should also bear the image of the heavenly one because Jesus was both earthly and heavenly. The the thing though is that Jesus becomes earthly after he's heavenly, right? Jesus always existed in heaven with God the Father. It's just that at a certain point he takes on a human body, whereas Adam is created out of the ground, so he comes from the earth, and then the Lord breathes spirit into him, right? Because that word breath in Genesis is ruah, which which really means spirit.
the gospel this week is from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. Jesus said to his disciples, To you who hear, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do, do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you, if you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But rather, love your enemies and do good to them, and lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in turn be measured out to you. This gospel is really challenging, and I don't like it. It's too hard. I think we can see clearly from the very beginning of it how it connects to that first reading, right? That... Um, David did good to the one who treated him, which was Saul, that he did not, you know, he could have gotten re really good revenge in that moment, and he turned the other cheek, as Jesus is describing here. So he's talking about this really generous, sacrificial, unconditional love that we should give of ourselves without expecting anything back. And Jesus uses a lot of material examples here, but I don't think that's necessarily all that that applies to. I'm just thinking about, you know, my relationship with my husband and my family and, and the people at my work. Like, we should be doing good for others, kind things for others, without expecting them to do something back for me, right? We, sh we shouldn't have a motive in mind when we do something kind for someone else. Now, I will say with this gospel... There's this danger of it being taken to a, a complete extreme and being read, you know, at, by a literalist who, you know, might read this and say, well, this means that I just have to live in poverty because I have to give everything away. If someone asks me for something, like, yes, I have to give it to them and then give them even more than what they ask for. And, and of course, that's not what God is asking us to do. That's not what the church is calling us to. There's this thing called responsibility, right? And responsible, you know, parenting and responsible, being a responsible spouse, you know? So if my husband is spending every dime of his paycheck and giving it to the people that he sees on the street as he's walking to the train on the way home from work, like that's not responsible, you know? We have responsibilities that we have to take care of here and then yeah like 
we should be sacrificing to give to charity. Absolutely. You know, we're called to, to, to give to charity, not just from our surplus, but from, you know, our, our, our pool, you know, the pool of what we're paying the bills with. But he also made a, a vow to me on the altar, right? That he was going to be a responsible husband to me. And so we, there's that fine line, there's this balance. And I think we all kind of know where that lies. We know when the Lord is tugging on our heartstrings and, you know, if you can look at your finances and say like, we got a little, we got, we can make it work. Then yeah, like maybe up what you're given every week to your church, maybe start putting some more money in your poor box, this, the, these types of things. Um, but also again, finding that balance between, you know, charitable giving, but also responsibility to those that you've, you know, brought into this world or married or are taking care of. Then this next piece is when Jesus talks about, you know, again, this unconditional love and how there, there's no really accomplishment in loving someone who it's easy to love. Like it's <laughs> anyone could do that. He says, even sinners do that. It's not hard to love someone who it's easy to love. The, where we become saints is loving those who maybe don't really show that they love us back or who can't show that they love us back. You know, maybe you're taking care of a sick relative who can't express to you how grateful they are for your help and you're just doing it, again, because of that unconditional love. That's how we're made holy. That's how we're purified. That's how we become saints. And then we have this last piece here. And I think when we read this last piece, when Jesus says, stop judging and you will not be judged, we might look at this and say like, oh, this is karma, right? If you judge others, then you're going to get judged. If you condemn others, then you're going to be condemned. And of course, the church would say, you know, karma is not a thing. God is a thing, right? The Holy Spirit is a thing. But I think even more than that, it's just people are, people watch us, you know? And especially as Catholics, they're watching how we respond to situations and they're going to learn from that. So we need to be really careful about our actions because people are going to look at us and say, oh, well, she's a practicing Catholic, so if she can be judgmental, then I can be judgmental too and I can also be, you know, quote unquote, a good person. So I think we need to pay attention to that, that, that our actions are important. They set an example and they should be setting a good example. And if not, then we're kind of mislabeling what it actually means to be, you know, a Catholic. My challenge for you for this week is to, I think, really meditate with, with David and this Saul situation and think about the people in our lives that we have these grudges against and maybe take this this first reading scripture and do like Alexia with it and put yourself in the scene and make yourself David and put your, your, you know, maybe your enemy in the position of Saul and, and really say to them through this prayer, like, I'm going to not pick up this spear. I'm going to lay it down and I'm going to walk away and I'm going to stop wasting my, my energy and my frustrations on this, this grudge that I might be, you know, holding around. It's just, not worth it. I'm called to forgiveness and I'm going to lay down this spear.
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses podcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week.